0: Your humble host Brooks Austin. And I'm coming to you live from the beautiful Atlanta, Georgia, and as always, I got my boy Sarah Benninger on the other end. Sarah, how we doing?
1: Doing great, man. Doing great. Another week has already gone by. I can't believe it's already Thursday, dude. It feels like it's just flying by, but here we are.
0: Yeah, man, it seems like the podcasts are sneaking up on us more and more uh, as we get closer uh, to the start of the NFL season. And uh, if you've been listening uh, to the last couple of episodes here on the NFL Mocks podcast, you've caught the drift by now. We are going through all of our divisional previews for the season. Uh, today, we'll be hitting the NFC North. Uh, we hit the AFC North last episode, and the very first divisional breakdown was the NFC East. So if any of your teams... Uh, or, you know, maybe some fantasy prospects you've got your eyes on uh, lie within any of those previous divisions, feel free to catch that out on your iTunes or wherever you find us, Stitcher, uh, you know, Spreaker, wherever you find your podcast. feel free uh, to check out those previous episodes. And while you're there, man, like, subscribe, rate, and review. We'll hit you with the business up front. Uh, Sarah, man, how are you doing on this Thursday evening, my man?
1: Gosh, I'm doing well, man. Like I said, it's been a full week. It's been a quick week, but how it's kind of getting back to normal after after here with the podcast and just kind of getting to to rest from here on out for the weekend and it's going to be good man it's going to be really good but I'm doing well I'm excited to I'm excited to see how many puns we can include in this episode it's going to be it was a big day on Twitter for that I think our puns actually crashed Twitter today so you know I think we've got plenty more in the bag though we'll see what happens
0: Yeah, we were extremely punny today on Twitter, and I I do believe we were part of the reason why Twitter shut down. Uh, Sarah, a lot punnier than I, (laughs) but nonetheless... We've got a great show for you guys playing tonight. We're going to go through our superlatives. And for the listeners that may be new uh, to this little shtick we've got going on over the next couple of weeks, uh, our superlatives are as followed. We're going to hand out a best offense uh, award, best defensive award, uh, best young trio that's 26 years of age or under. Uh, so three guys under the age of 26, and then best roster, and finally, as always, the most important superlative uh, in the NFL these days, the best quarterback, uh, we'll tell you who that is in the NFC mm. North, uh, if you didn't already know, and then, of course, we'll end the show uh, with our NFC North Predictions. We'll tell you where we think these teams will finish up at the end of this season. I know it's still really early, uh, first part of July here, um, but our rosters are pretty much set. You know, barring any major injuries, uh, we pretty much know who's going to be in starting roles and what the rosters kind of look like headed into preseason camp. So, Sarah, we've got to start with the best offense, um, yeah, and we'll let you start it off, man. Who has the best offense in the NFC North, my brother?
1: Gosh, this is I think this is a lot easier than than I thought it was gonna be. When when I was thinking about this throughout the day today, I think that the Minnesota Vikings have the best offense in this division. Do you just look piece by piece on paper? Obviously, you know, Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers. He's one of the best quarterbacks to ever play. But you look at the Vikings and just the complete group that they have, Kirk Cousins at the quarterback, obviously more of a statistical statistically productive guy than he is a, you know, impact on the game. Obviously we saw that last year. I can't believe I still can't believe the Vikings missed the playoffs with the roster that they have just crazy. But Probably the best wide receiver duo in the league, and Adam Thielen and Stefan Diggs. Though there's a couple of other duos that could be in contention there, but in my opinion, that is the best duo. I think they've got one of the best tight ends in the league, obviously, in Kyle Rudolph, and they drafted a really good one in Irv Smith Jr., and then Dalvin Cook at the running back position. The, their skill positions are great. Their offensive line is just okay, which is kind of a weakness for them. But I think Garrett Bradbury at the center is going to really change some things around for them. But just overall, everything about this offense looks like it's going to be coming together this year. I like the addition, you know me, of Gary Kubiak. They're kind of uh, overseeing everything, helping with the game plan. Any Bronco love any, we can anything, give, We're gonna anything, anything. Anything, And I'll just throw this in there since we're on Bronco Love. The Vikings made an interesting pickup this offseason that nobody probably even really cares about. But Jordan Taylor from the Denver Broncos, Sunshine himself. Fun fact about Jordan Taylor, and you get this for free here on the NFL Mocks podcast. Let me tell you that right now. But fun fact about Jordan Taylor, when Peyton Manning was rehabbing from his injury in 2015, the year the Broncos won the Super Bowl, he was throwing primarily... Uh, on the on the in the indoor field that they have there in denver he was throwing primarily to rookie jordan taylor a practice squad player who didn't quite make the team but was good enough for is a practice this white squad dude spot with the long brown hair yep they call him sunshine and uh he oh he God. he made the team the next year on manning's recommendation and that is not the first time that that has happened even even just in denver so the dude worked with Manning, got him healthy. The Broncos won the Super Bowl, and, and Jordan Taylor, at the, And as a matter of fact, Peyton Manning bought him his first-ever suit, which he wore uh, on the way to the Super Bowl. So pretty cool story about him. And he's not with the Vikings, man. by the way. That's what full circle.
0: Now, man, you're just out here throwing out all kinds of fun facts for the listeners. And shockingly, or, or excuse me, I should say not shockingly, they're all Broncos related. But, uh, uh, you know, as far as the best offense goes here, man, it's really hard for me not to say the Chicago Bears. And bear with me here. You know I'm a big offensive Ooh. line guy. But it starts, it starts really with their play caller. Uh, they have the best play caller in the division, in my opinion, in Matt Nagy, who also happens to be their head coach. And, again, I'll hit it on it again. They have the best offensive line in the NFC North, when fully healthy, okay? I'm a huge believer in Kyle Long there at the guard position. Bobby Massey is a really strong right tackle as well. And, man, look, if you would have been around last year during the draft process, you would have heard me talk about James Daniel till I was blue in the face. I love that guy. Um, You know, I believe he's an Iowa kid, is he No, he is. Um, He is. Sarah, I mean, so you know all about his, you know, skill set. I would prefer him to be playing center as he did there at Iowa. I thought he was the best center coming out in that 2018 draft. But when you got Cody Whitehair, uh, you know, James Daniel is gonna slide into that left guard position uh as he did last year. Though I have seen some reports uh going on in this uh, you know, spring, you know, off season camp that James Daniel might be switching back to center and Whitehair might be playing left guard come middle of the season this year. Yeah. We just don't know. Um and another thing, man, here, there is a little bit of, a, what do you call it, du- duplicity uh, at their wide receiver position. I think they got a couple of guys that look very, very similar uh, in Taylor Gabriel and Anthony Miller. And if you want to s- throw another small, speedy guy in there, Tariq Cohen. Um, but Allen Robinson, I believe, is still a-, a solid number one wide receiver. The only problem here, Sarah, and I just listed off, almost you know, every position in this roster um, except for the quarterback position. They do have, in my opinion, the worst quarterback uh, in the division, but last year was good enough for, what, 11 or 12 wins? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so for that reason, I, I think that just speaks to how solid, uh, A, the play calling is, and B, just how de- how much depth uh, and weapons this offense has uh, as a full roster. So when we take it as a full offense Uh, I'm going to take the Chicago Bears, though um, I do believe the Minnesota Vikings have an extremely explosive attack with all those weapons you mentioned. But, again, I will call you back to what that Minnesota Vikings offensive line looked like last year. Mm -hmm. At the very beginning of the season, no quarterback was getting hit more and more pressure put on him than Kirk Cousins. And a lot of that might have been some indecisiveness with the new quarterback and a new system, but nonetheless, they had to draft Garrett Bradbury last season for a reason And that's because our boy from Ohio State, Pat Eflin, didn't quite uh, work out there at center, even though I loved him. Uh, That's a miss, if you will, for me uh, in the drafting process so far uh, in Pat Eflin. But he's battled with some injuries, so maybe he can bounce back. Sarah, let's get your best defense uh, and maybe some comments on, on my pick of the Chicago Bears uh, before you get into your
1: defense, me. Yeah, I don't mean to. I don't mean to be naggy, but you just uh, dropped the first pun there when you said "bear with me," and then you picked the Chicago Bears as the best offense. So, I don't hey man, even know I if you meant to do you were that. Catch that. I, I don't know. I don't even know if you meant to do that, but you did it. So, you did it. Um, <clears throat> that was nice. That was nice right there. I don't mind it. I'm. I'm one of those people, and forgive me if you're a Chicago Bears fan. I know how passionate Chicago sports fans are because. I like pretty much every team except the Bears, but my gosh, Mitch Trubisky's not it, man. He's just not it. I don't, I don't know what it is about him, but it, it just has never resonated with me. What he brings to the table, I couldn't believe he was the number two pick in the draft. I, I couldn't believe he made the Pro Bowl last year because every game that I watched, they were winning almost in spite of Trubisky. Like he would make a couple good throws here and there. But he just wasn't consistent enough for me to think, wow, all these Bears fans are talking this guy up like he's a true franchise, legit quarterback. And I hope that he becomes that. I don't hope that he fails or anything. I just don't see it. I don't see it in Trubisky. I see a great athlete out there, you know, who... I mean, Matt Nagy really schemed a lot of throws for him to to be successful and mask his weaknesses and deficiencies, and that's fine if they want to do that. I just don't see a franchise QB there, but pow- more power to these guys if they can work together and well as a unit, then he doesn't need to be that guy. So I think I think best defense in the division belongs to the Bears as well. They've got, I mean, just their their defensive front seven is, is truly one of the best in football. I mean, you start up front with Akeem Hicks and Eddie Goldman, two of the best defensive linemen in the game. And then Bilal Nichols, a really good young player as well. A nice draft pick for them last year as a fifth rounder. And they've got some nice depth with Roy Robertson Harris up there. And Jonathan Bullard is still there. And I just like what they've got put together there. But obviously, the centerpiece of this whole thing and the thing that took them really from being just a very good defense to an elite defense was that trade for Khalil Mack, which I still can't believe. Again, I can't believe John Gruden pulled that trade. I just, you just don't do that. You're the you you're a first year head coach. I mean, obviously he's been a head coach before, but you're in your first year with a, with a team and you're coming in there and you're setting a precedent of we're not going to pay the best player, arguably in our franchises, you know, last twenty-five years, can we agree on that? I don't, I don't think there's anybody better than Khalil Mack who's who's down the silver and black in that amount of time. Maybe Pos- they, maybe
0: they caught a couple of prime years of Charles Woodson, but outside of that, yeah,
1: man, Char-, I mean, Char Yeah, I can't right. think
0: of a defensive player that's even. I mean, they had some prime years of Richard Seymour again, but that's an interior defensive lineman that no one really cared about unless right, you're right. just a real, real football nerd. But I, yeah, Khalil Mack, you know, first guy to ever make All-Pro in the. In two separate positions yes Khalil Mack is their best defensive player they've had in well over two decades I, I would even carry it back to maybe even as far as Howie Long
1: no oh, absolutely absolutely just a generational talent and you would think if you're if you're getting a head coaching gig somewhere that you would keep that piece and I think the Bears made off like bandits. They only gave up two first round picks. You're telling me you wouldn't give up two first round picks to get a player as impactful as Khalil Mack in the NFL draft. And then they also last year went out and got Roquan Smith in the first round. So you bring in Roquan Smith and Khalil Mack in the same offseason. That is undoubtedly one of the one of the biggest hauls. That you could, I mean, that's two superstar players at their positions, and so I, I just the Bears scored big time last year, and those two players took that defense to an elite level. And obviously, you know, my boy Danny Trevathan, one of the keys to winning Super Bowl Fifty, love that guy. And the secondary is really good. Eddie Jackson might be the best young safety in the league, other than you know guys like uh, guys like Jamal Adams, Derwin James. I, I just some pure free safety. He's got to be one of the best young guys. and and their secondary is just solid all around. Although they did lose a couple guys, Adrian Amos and uh, Bryce Callahan back there, and and obviously the loss of Vic Fangio hurts, but on paper. Uh, I was waiting on it. It, it it hurts it it does I can I can speak from experience because I saw Wade Phillips go from Denver to L A and how big of a difference that made and you don't think it's going to make a big difference until it makes a big difference and those guys are are the best of the best for a reason and so I think I think the Bears that's going to hurt them a little bit but at the same time on paper you look at this group they're just too good.
0: All right, so. A couple of things here for the Bears, one of them you mentioned, losing Vic Vangio, who is one of the most respected defensive coordinators in the last probably couple of decades uh, in all of professional football. That's one thing. You lose that guy. X's and O's are very, very important uh, in NFL football. That's a huge loss. But the other thing for me, Sarah, uh, is this is a football team, uh, especially defensively, that dominated you physically all throughout the year last season. That type of physical, I'm going to punch you in the mouth type of football doesn't really translate year to year. And if you want an example, let's look back at the 2017 Jacksonville Jaguars, whose defense looked like one of the best in all of, you know, let's call it NFL history. I mean, to be honest with you, they looked incredible um, there in the season of 2017. And then in 2018, uh, it just didn't turn over. It just wasn't there. And, again, it has a lot to do with the fact that you're playing a 16-game schedule and just that – physicality year in and year out doesn't really translate because it is a physical sport like we talked about but injuries are something that play a huge role and this is not a football team that had much of an injury concern at all last year if any we think obviously the adrian amos loss is, is you know pretty big but you fill that in with haha clinton Dix, who i think is you know a rather similar player maybe he's not as you know, much of an impact in the passing game, uh, but it's a more impact, more of an impact in the running game. Um, and I, li- I like what the Green Bay defense did this offseason. Sarah, we've talked about it on this ep- or this podcast, signing both the Smith boys and, uh, you know, the Smith brothers, if you will, and Adrian Amos, and even drafting Darnell Savage from, uh, from Maryland. I like that pickup as well. Notice I didn't mention Rashawn Gary, but we can maybe save that a little bit for later. But, Sarah, if I really had to nail one down and say this team – Have the best defense in the NFC North this year. To me, uh, for my money, it's the Minnesota Vikings because of what they already have on their defense. Can I name you? uh, Can you name me three better corners uh, in the NFL than Trey Wayne, Mackenzie Alexander, and Xavier Rhodes? Um, It would be hard. I'd be hard pressed to do so. Not Um, without the horn,
1: not without the Rostel horn.
0: No, not without the roster horn. I mean, we'd be talking Chris Harris and whatever junk you've got out there. Kareem uh, Jackson, Bryce
1: Callahan, um, baby, come on now.
0: Yeah, okay. Um, but anyways, <laughs> and, and then Minnesota's defensive line. You know, you got Daniil Hunter, who I think is one of the best young players uh, in all of football. That's you know, kind of goes under the radar because he's not really outspoken. And then Everson Griffin and Linval Joseph are two grown men. Uh, that make other grown men completely wet themselves. Um, very, very terrifying human beings. And then there's that guy in the defensive backfield named Harrison Smith at strong safety, uh, and Anthony Harris last year. Their free safety, Sarah, finished with the third highest grade uh, from pro football focus in all of the safeties category. I like um, it. So you want to talk about a young safety uh, that is one there. They've got, a, you know, the best – I think the best safety duo in professional football. Um, and then, you know, we didn't even talk about Anthony Barr, who they managed to keep away from the New York Jets this year. <laughs> I think the Minnesota Vikings have an extremely uh, big season uh, in store for them on the defensive end, man. What do you think about that?
1: Yeah, I can't disagree with that. I mean, the Vikings have so much talent at every level, and, and they just – They just—I can't believe they were able to keep it all together. I mean, I was sitting there a couple years ago. I remember writing articles for NFL mocks talking about, well, the Vikings. It's going to suck to be them two years from now because who are they going to keep? Like, who are they going to let go of? Not only did they keep everybody, they also signed Kirk Cousins to the craziest deal I've ever seen. So, dude, I—more power to him. Hire that cap guy. I don't know how they do. Yeah, hire that cap guy. Exactly.
0: What do you think about, you know, just the idea of attrition playing into uh, a little bit of a factor of why the Chicago Bears might be a little down on defense this year?
1: Yeah, I think that's I think that's fair to say, just because, you know, I don't know the Bears. It's just, uh, gosh, I don't know. It's it's tough to say because there's a just, lot of
0: dudes, man. Yeah, it is a lot of dudes over there.
1: It is, and you have like to you be. Didn't even,
0: you didn't even mention Leonard Floyd. Oh,
1: I know. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Yep. And you have to be deep. I mean, you have to be. You have to be deep. Yeah. And it's just like you said, they just went in and they just absolutely wore people out with, and they created turnovers by doing. They they mm-hmm. just they they took the ball away and they created so many more opportunities for that offense with with that. Like you said, just beating people down, fist to mouth. You know, that's how the Bears operated last year and can can you sustain that can he do that another year our team's gonna adjust when you don't have your tactician out there anymore, you got a new tactician. You got a new guy who's playing with those chess pieces now. It's a different game. If you sit down at a chessboard and you've got the same pieces out there and they're great pieces, you get a new guy out there to to move those pieces. It's a different game. And so I, you just I don't know. Hopefully Chuck Pagano watched what they did last year, and he just completely goes in there and tries to duplicate it. But again, it takes a special person to be able to to. Shut down Sean McVay's offense. I mean, who do we see? Who who do we see do that last year? Two guys. Okay, it was Bill Belichick and Vic Fangio shut that offense down. And what do those guys have in common? They're sixty year old dudes that have seen everything under the sun in the NFL. And Chuck Pagano, I don't know. He just got he was fired by the Colts, and he was you know great with the Ravens once upon a time. But we'll see what happens. But at the same time, I think. I think you're right. I mean, the Vikings could easily overtake them with the amount of talent they have.
0: I digs it. I digs it. All right, let's talk about Ah. uh, the best young trio. Ah, Let's talk about the best young trio here. Uh, Remember the qualifications, listeners, 26 years of age or older. Uh, First off, Sarah, was it just me, or is this a really, really old division, my man?
1: Yeah, it is. You look at it up and down. It really is an old group. Um, I was hard-pressed to find
0: three guys that I would, you know, be willing to put my stake in. And the only ones I could come up with are three guys from, you know, Green Bay. And, And two of them are, you know, one of them in particular. Isn't really a guy that, you know, is a household name at this point. But if I had to pick a trio, I'd take Devontae Adams who's right at 26 years old, Jair Alexander, uh, the second-year cornerback, and then Adrian Amos. I, and I didn't know Adrian Amos was only 26 years old. It was kind of a surprise to me, but it qualified for our trio here I would have to take the Packers, man. Who are the three you dug up, my man?
1: I like the trio in Chicago, and you mentioned a guy who I think is one of the best young players in the league, and he's w- he's way younger than 26. I think he came into the league at the age of 20 just last year. So James Daniels, the interior lineman for the Bears, and Roquan Smith, the linebacker, lead my trio for the Bears. And I think the third guy to round out that list has got – to be Eddie Jackson. I think he was the highest graded player at the safety position on pro football focus last year. So you're looking at, at three guys right there who are cornerstone pieces of your of your of your franchise. James Daniel's gonna anchor that line hey man, for a long time. Can I stop and, you? Yeah. Can I stop you? Yeah. I'll let
0: you do Cohen. But what about Tariq?
1: Ah, that's a, that's another good one right there. That's another really good yeah. one. But, I, I, I mean, the Bears do have – they've got plenty of talent. I mean, would you take Tariq Cohen over Roquan Smith? I, I don't know if I would do that. Or would you take – I mean, mean it no, depends uh, on how you're okay. looking at it, you know?
0: Are I would you going swap your Iowa boy out if I had to, but Ooh, I mean, I like, your, I like your selections there, even though I do love James Daniel, but uh, actually, no, 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 we'll take it. James Daniel's going to be an eight-year, you know, from from the age of 26 on, he'll probably play till he's 32, 33 years old. I can't say that for Tariq Cohen, you know what I mean? Right, so right. maybe you right. do take the guard there. Yeah,
1: I think I think with James Daniels that his career is just going to keep on Cohen, and uh, you know, we'll see what we'll see what happens from there. But he could be playing until he's got white hair. Who knows? Could be greater than anything you've ever Shaheen. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> no. All right,
0: let's get back to the conversation.
1: Yeah, no, uh, I think those three got- for me. Those those guys are all uh, they're elite young players at their position. I think. The Bears have such a talented roster up and down. I like that group. And notice, I did not. I'm trying to tell you the truth, Bisky. Here, I did not pick the Bears' quarterback among my trio, and it was not hard for me to do that. So I'm sorry about that. I just, I'm, I'm not sorry, but I am sorry about it. It's not
0: a football team, you know. It's not a football team built around their quarterback. It's a football team built for their quarterback, and I think Mm -hmm. that's a big uh, difference you need to pay attention to. Let's get into. Our last, you know, our second to last superlative, uh, the best roster, man, and I think we've kind of hit on it b- on both ends here. Um, even though I do believe the Chicago Bears take a slight step back defensively, um, I think the best roster is the Chicago Bears. Do you agree, Sarah?
1: Yeah, I agree. I think they're just a, ever so slightly deeper than the Minnesota Vikings, and I think the Vikings have a bit of an edge offensively. I think the Bears have an edge defensively. Even though, like you mentioned, the Vikings have a, a great group of corners and they have such a talented defense all around, you look at the, the front seven of both of these teams, I think I would definitely take Chicago's. And so just up and down the rosters, it's, it's minimal, but I think I would take the Bears' roster overall over the Vikings.
0: No, I'm in totally uh, uh, you know, full agreement there. Um, our last superlative before we get into our predictions for the evening, sir. Best quarterback – and, uh, you know, I i mean, I guess we can go through it. I, obviously, I believe Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback in this division, um, followed by Stafford Cousins and then Mitchell Trubisky. Is that kind of how you see them shaking out here uh, in the NFC North, my man?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I do. Have, I, I put it can in we term- just
0: take a minute? Can we just take a minute to show some love to Matt Stafford? I just, we got to. You know, I was gonna I feel, say. I feel so bad for the young man. Um, even though last year was probably one of the worst career, you know, seasons he's had uh, in the last five or six years there in Detroit. Man, what an awful and miserable existence as an NFL professional football player. Uh, you know, to be there in that gray and awful blue uniform and just seemingly get your butt kicked, and not only that. Uh, I mean, I hope there's none of none of our, you know, faithful listeners are from Detroit. And I don't mean to slight anybody, but I've been to Detroit, not the greatest city in the world. Uh, Maybe it was back in the 60s when all of our, you know, car plants and stuff were up and running full circle and full swing. Um, But, you know, just I feel bad for the guys seeing as I'm a, you know, a a newly uh, renewed Georgia Bulldog fan, uh, seeing a a former dog like that just kind of. Measled through his NFL career And one that's been really, really good statistically And, uh, you know, one of the more talented guys We've ever seen in the NFL uh, Just don't think he's going to go down In the annuals of history like that, sir
1: Yeah, I think somebody there in Detroit Has got to eventually give him a hand Because he can't carry on like he has been For for this long, otherwise he's going to be in a hospital And going to need somebody to bring him flowers oh, I'm sorry, I had to I just had I, I had to he uh, doubled down, man. I, doubled just, down. I tripled down there. We got Flowers. We got Deshaun Hand. We got Johnson. Come uh, on Johnson. Oh, I
0: missed it. Dude, I've been thinking of a, a – I thought Deshaun Hand jokes all day today. I couldn't get the hand out of my head.
1: The, but, uh, well, I – you know. Uh, yeah, man, I'm with you. Stafford has got to be the one guy that I think of over the last 10 years. If I could put him on one of the best rosters in the league, I think that that team could have been a super team because I think that I think that Stafford is such a rare talent at the position arm talent um poise at the end of games I mean you put it, I wish the Lions could be in more situations where he's you know you know able to win those games for them um, at one point, there he was like the clutch mass that that year the Lions made the playoffs. I mean, Matt Stafford oh, dude, was he had
0: eight come from behind wins in the last ten games or something crazy like that. Yeah,
1: yeah it, I was, think it was. He broke his great. He
0: broke his thumb going into the last game and had to play had to play in the playoff game with a stint on his finger. I man. mean, just a dog, man.
1: Yeah, it, it was fun to watch. I'll tell you that right now, and and I think that part of honestly, man, I can't like I would never accuse these guys of this or anything but I think that playing in these situations even with all the money coming in I think playing in these situations over time really takes a toll on these players and and not that they become you know apathetic or anything I just think that they get into this they get into this motion of this is how it's going to be I mean this it's like it's like they've resigned themselves to their fate like I'm I am a Detroit Lion that's who I am that's what I that's mean, if te- the
0: court If the court needs examples, just look at Calvin Johnson and Barry yeah. Sanders, two historical greats that they literally ran into retirement. I mean, right, uh, just because they got tired of the ineptitude that is the Detroit Lions organization. I mean, it's just tough there. Let me ask you this, Sarah. Have you ever seen Napoleon Dynamite?
1: I'm oh, absolutely. I, I almost have that movie memorized, man. So,
0: you know the you know how Rico Uncle Rico throws that stake and you, you know oh, the yeah. motion he does it from like basically for <laughs> Yeah
1: to his hip. yeah yep. You
0: know what I'm talking about? Yep. We call that the Uncle Rico throw. Nobody in the NFL is better at the Uncle Rico throw than Matt Stafford. If you know what I'm talking about, you can see it right now. Him just kind of dipping beside uh, <laughs> uh, an offensive tackle and slinging a ball 70 mile, or you know, 70 yards down the field mm-hmm. for a touchdown. Uh, Matt Stafford, the best Uncle Rico thrower in all of the NFL. I like it. Um, you know, a little fun fact there. Let's yep. get into these predictions, Sarah, and then we'll wrap it up for the night. I'll start with you, man. Give me your rundown one through four. How do you shoot it? Uh, excuse me. How do, how you do you I see shaheen it? it you. Yeah, how do you shaheen it uh, shaking out? Here?
1: Uh, gosh, this is, a t- this is such a tough one because I think, honestly, I- I'm torn between three different things here. I think the Vikings are so talented that you want to put them at the top, the Chicago Bears have the best defense in the division, so you want to put them at the top. And then the Packers have the best quarterback in the division, so you want to put them at the top. No offense to Detroit. Oh. I I just don't see Detroit being that team, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. I I'm torn almost three ways here because I think the quarterback plays such a big role in this, and I think Green Bay's roster is improved enough to the point that I'm going to I'm going to come out of left field here. I'm going to say Green Bay wins this division with 12 wins and I think you've got the Bears and Vikings on their heels at 11 wins each, 10 or 11 wins, and then Detroit somewhere between 7, 7 to 9. So I think it's going to be a tight tight division. You got you got all these teams have good good coaches, good schemes in place. They've got mostly good quarterbacks. And and I think that the rosters all as a whole. I mean, the Detroit Lions got a lot better this offseason. Let's we didn't we didn't really take much time to talk about them, but you talk about some of the players that they brought in like Trey Flowers and and those type of guys, T J. Hawkinson, Jesse James, uh, C J. Anderson at the running back. I think he proved last year that he still got some juice in the tank. And Danny Amendola at wide receiver, Jermaine Kurt, just underrated guys. Uh, and I like what they've done. I think that they're going to be a solid team in year two of the Matt Patricia era. But I just think Green Bay, I put so much weight towards a healthy Aaron Rodgers making all the difference. And if Aaron Rodgers is playing well and healthy, if his spirits are renewed now with with Mike McCarthy being out of there, I think the Packers have plenty of talent on offense, especially with Rodgers slinging the ball. And their defense, man, is going to take a big step forward with Zadarius Smith and Preston Smith off the edge. I like the the savage pickup next to, uh, next to what's Amos. his face back to Amos. Yeah, you just mentioned him. Amos in the defensive backfield. Their corners are really strong with Kevin King, Jair Alexander, like you said in your top three under twenty six, and Josh Jackson, my boy, out of Iowa. And I just like what they've got up front with Mike Daniels, another Iowa guy, Kenny Clark, and if they can get anything out of Rashawn Gary as kind of like a hybrid player, that defense is looking pretty good. And so if you've got if you've got Aaron Rodgers at the queue, you have a chance. I mean, the Packers won ten games with a lot worse rosters than this. Am I right? So I'm yeah. p- I'm picking Green Bay to win this division out of left field.
0: I don't think it's too far out of left field. I'm in agreement with you that the Green Bay Packers uh, win this division. But I have them at 10 and 6. And I just got a question for you, Sarah. Yeah. If you've got Green Bay going, uh, you know, having 12 wins and Minnesota and the and the Bears right around 11 uh, wins, did, do they just sweep the out-of-conference schedule? I mean, they've got the AFC West yes, this season. Yes, I know. So you've got to play the Chargers. You've got to play Pat Mahomes. Um, I mean, they all get a win seemingly with the Raiders. I don't think any four of these teams – lose to the Raiders. But this is a pretty tough schedule for all four of these football teams. It is. Not to mention not to mention the divisional battles that they constantly have between each other. So here's how I see it shaking out. Um, and it's pretty much the same way as you do. Uh, Green Bay at 10 and 6. I think they win the division. And then I've got Minnesota and the Bears both at 9 and 7. And then similar to you, man, I think the Detroit Lions are the worst team in this division. And I don't mean to pick on them, but I'm talking a six and ten bad not a 2-14 and 14 bet. It's not anything mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we were talking about with Cincinnati or I'm sure we're going to be talking about with a team like Arizona with a rookie quarterback and a horrendous, horrendous offensive line and, for that matter, an offensive scheme that we just don't know if it's going to work in the NFL. But that's for a later show. Um, I don't think Detroit's that bad, and I do like the signing there with Trey Flowers – uh, a culture guy, if you ever were trying to get one there for yeah. Matt Patricia's system. And I know we've talked about this a little bit um, in past shows here on the NFL Mocks podcast. Starting that, you know, kind of uh, New England of another organization, trying to bring in that New England culture is really, really tough. Um, if you don't have those retread guys, guy, I mean, we've seen – uh, the guy down there in Miami do a similar thing. Go out and sign as many former patriots as you possibly can, so you don't get as much you know flack or you know feedback from players uh, you know negative feedback from players when you're trying to push them a little bit too hard. I know last season uh, you know i can't remember if it was you, Sarah, or somebody uh you know we were making fun of the fact that Matt and Patricia had guys practicing in a, in a major snow blizzard when their mm-hmm. next five games were going to be indoors. Like it just, <laughs> that kind of stuff is what people do uh, in that new England culture. Cause it's all about being tough and it's all about doing the little things and, and doing your job and that kind of stuff. But you know, if, if it's not showing results or if there's no one there to say, Hey man, this does work. You should listen to that guy. Cause he does know what he's talking about. Here's why. Look, I can show you, I can give you tangible evidence of the fact that it will work. Um, if that's not around, that kind of hard-nosed stuff, that kind of hard-nosed leadership isn't going to work, especially when you wear a sweatshirt, you've got a really ungroomed beard, and you wear a backwards hat to work every day, <laughs> um, and, and, and you keep a pencil in your ear. And look, that's, yeah. that's, that's all for another show. But uh, you know, until they have some you know, actual proof in the record, that what Matt is doing over there in Detroit is working. I think he's on a hot leash, man, or a hot seat. I really do. Um, you know, if, if he ha- if he does have a 4-12 and football season this year, I think it is a two and done for Matt Patricia. And I, and I hate to say that, mm-hmm. um, but, you know, it, it, it is what it is. It's a, it's a results-oriented business, and if you're not putting it out, uh, you got to go. Yeah. So that's kind of how I see it shaking out. Green Bay, Minnesota, Chicago there at three, both of those at nine and seven. And then the Detroit Lions at 6-10. and ten. Sarah, I'm going to let you start it off with you hate to see it. All right, my oh. man? And, uh, you know, I, I don't think you're going to steal mine tonight, um, but you never know. Go ahead, my man.
1: Oh, man, you, you just hate to see it. You hate to see it. If you're, again, once again, an Oklahoma City Thunder fan, I, I, I just don't understand that. You trade the franchise player. Look at this. You reunited with a Western Conference rival, which they're not going to be really rivals anymore because you're not competing. But you reunited Russell Westbrook and James Harden on one of your rival teams. Ugh, I, you just you hate to see it, man. You just do. I mean, the whole NBA, everybody's getting excited about their young pieces. And here comes the Thunder epic rebuild. Uh, you get Chris Paul, but it looks like he's going to be On the way out as well And so I know again I'm using this segment To talk about all You know NBA But it's so prominent Right now And you know what You also hate to see You also hate to see People who think The NBA Is better than the NFL Because of this Kind of offseason I don't think people Understand that continuity in the NFL is king and if you can keep your yeah. pieces together that helps you become a great team whereas in the NBA you have 5 guys on the court and it doesn't matter how long they're together that's why you can see so many big trade deadline deals in the NBA or even MLB for that matter and you can't see that much in the NFL because it takes these guys time to learn a you know 100,000 plays out of a playbook And so you just can't – you can't do that in the NFL. And that's why you don't see as many Odell Beckham types of trades as you do in the NBA. It's because you can't – you just – you literally can't do it and expect to be successful right away. It takes guys time to adapt. And so I I hate to see that from any – NFL or any just general sports fan who thinks the NBA's brand for any reason is better than the NFL just because guys are changing teams I guarantee you after Halloween next year After Halloween, which is the opening night usually of NBA, I guarantee you, all you people who are saying the NBA offseason is so much better, you know, this, that, and the other, this is so much more fun drama, guarantee you forget about the NBA for a couple months while you're watching football on Thursday night, while you're watching the Miami Dolphins and Josh Rosen take on injured Ryan Tannehill and the Tennessee Titans on Thursday night football because football is so much better I guarantee it. You hate to see it.
0: Rub it in their face, Sarah. I felt mm-hmm. their passion. Yep. I felt it through the mics, right through the headset. Yep. Um, man, you hate to see it. Every year around this time, NBA player mobility is a, a story we hear about all the time. NBA free agency is something we hear about with how much these guys are getting paid. And there's always that one guy who can't seem to wrap his head around the fact that there are 13 guys to an NBA roster and 53 guys to an NFL roster, and they can't just seem to wrap their head around the simple math that is Look, man, if you've got 500 uh, uh, you know, workers in your organization as compared to the guy next door who's only got 100, he can probably afford to pay his 100 employees a little bit more per employee than you will be able to at 500 employees as compared to his 100. So my thing is, man, you, I just hate to see every single year Mr. Guy that sits down and goes, is Patrick Mahomes really not worth what Patrick Beverly is worth? Yes, obviously he's worth that. But the market share and with the fact that, you know, uh, what am I thinking here? They, they split the wages anyways, man. They split the income. It's, it's 50-50 in both sports. It's just simple math. You hate to see it. That's my least favorite argument of all sports arguments. Why does Mr. Basketball Player get paid more than super important football player? Well, it's a collectively bargained agreement. So, players, if you want more money, hold out, strike, well, they won't do that because ninety-five percent of the NFL is broke. Um, well, not necessarily broke, but they don't have a ton of money. They're minimum wage guys, or you know, league minimum guys. Um, so that, that's my least favorite argument, Sarah. What are your thoughts on the whole? Uh, you know, uh, Aaron Aaron Gordon makes more money than uh, Aaron Rodgers type arguments, my man.
1: Yeah, it's it's it is getting old. I mean, be good at basketball then if you if you want that money, go be good yeah, at basketball, go hoop, bro. Yep, go, go play who? basketball. Nobody forced you to be good at football. I mean, if you if you really want to complain about not making millions of dollars when most people, you know, have not even close to that or won't even sniff a million dollars over the course of their lifetime, go ahead and go be upset about that or just go be better at another sport. Go, a matter of fact, go get really good at golf. Go There's go a be. lot of money. Yeah, go go be Kobe. There's a lot of money in baseball and basketball, and and guess what? It's a lot harder to get into those sports, in my opinion, because of what you said, the small rosters. You have to be elite in those sports in order to break into the big leagues. So I uh, in the NFL a lot of a lot of guys got a chance. If you can play basically if you can play special teams, you might make six, seven hundred K a year and play some special teams on an NFL team and how many people get to say that? But it's just not the same in the NBA. If you're not an elite player, you aren't playing and you're not getting paid. So you gotta be elite of the elite. What is that? So if there's thirty teams in the NBA and you're talking about five guys, you know, maybe ten even ten guys, let's say on each that you know that are elite of elite ten guys, so that's three hundred guys in the NFL. That's what six teams. So mm-hmm. give me you're you're right on, man. I'm 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 in agreement with you completely on that one.
0: Yeah. So give me a break on the contract comparisons between sports, man. Um and, Until you lay out the full CBA, until you understand all of it, Um just save the arguments, man. They're not worth it. Um, obviously, we know NBA players are slightly overpaid in comparison to your most important football players but here 's the deal, man. You know the seventh guy or you know the seventh guy on the bench for the NBA roster. you know there 's a sixth man award in the NBA. you know what there isn 't there isn 't a special teams guy award okay mm-hmm. there isn 't an award for the twelfth guy that comes off the the bench uh, to play a backup role for for a nose tackle okay that doesn 't happen in the NFL because it's just a more in-depth sport. There's more bodies laying around, which means there's more checks to be handed out. It's simple math. Enough said. We can get over it. You hate to see it. Sarah, send the folks out.
1: Well, thank you all for listening. Like Brooks said earlier, if you would be so kind, it really helps us out a lot. If you like this podcast, if you like listening, if, if you're sharing this with your friends and everything, feel free to, to leave us a review and a rating uh, like it, subscribe it, share it with your friends, spread the word. We want to get this out to as many people as possible, and, and that's only possible through you, the listener. And we want you guys to be part of this story, this this whole thing that we're doing here. And so engage with us. Let's talk some football. The season's coming up. We're excited about it, and, and we want you guys to be part of this with us. this uh, this is this, Football doesn't exist without the fans, and we're just a couple of voices. And we know that there are many others out there, so share your thoughts. With us, give us some feedback, rate and review us. It helps a lot. And uh, Brooks, I hope you enjoy the the finale of Stranger Things. It's 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 got to be one of my favorite shows of all time, man. So I love it.
0: Ah, the finale. Um, yeah, apparently you told me you gave me a little forewarning. It's an hour uh, and 20 minutes long. Good Lord, I hope I can stay up that late because uh, <laughs> it is, you know, just a little bit past 10 o'clock here on the East Coast. But nonetheless, Sarah, I appreciate you brother, brother for being on the podcast. We will see you guys uh, Monday night. Sarah, I'll see you Monday night. The podcast will be available Tuesday morning as usual. We hope you guys have a great week. We'll see you next time